You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Greetings, carbon-based units. Alan Seiler. What's up? And Veronica Dashiell. Howdy. Oh, she's changing <laughs> it up tonight. Yeah. Ooh, she's I, throwing us a curveball. That's right. I visited Earth Station Who, and I got... Um, <laughs> Picking ah, up the dialect. Yeah. yeah. It has rubbed off on you. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we're here tonight to celebrate a great year of Star Trek. Holy I mean, cow. I think the biggest year we've had at least since the late 90s, uh, maybe yeah. ever. I mean, we yeah, had 48 weeks of Star Trek. I think it was 53 episodes yeah. and five shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not another year ever that ha- can boast all of those things. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Wow. <laughs> so even even when um DS9 and Voyager were running at the same time, yeah. Were there I don't think there were 53 episodes in no, one No, it year. would only have been like 40 48ish. Yeah. Maybe. I think they had well, 22 episodes per season. Yeah. Had, it, it was they weren't they more like 26 27 eps per season back then. It depends on the season. Yeah. 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 So it was it Oh, was that's close. right. You're yeah. right, because Voyager's first season was only 16 Fs or something crazy like that. And yeah. we're just barely over halfway through the year. Well, we're talking about from August of last year, like the TV season. Okay. Yeah. Right, right, So right. from Lower Decks yeah. until Lower Decks, I guess, is how we count the years <laughs> now. <laughs> exactly. So um, this morning, this morning I got up, you know, at my usual time, and I got ready for work. You know, I jumped in the shower, got dressed, getting all my my, my work duds on. Got out to the car and I was just about to get in the car and I thought, oh, my God, I forgot to get up early today to watch Star Trek. <laughs> and then I was like, nope. So I'm actually kind of glad to have a, a little month break here. Yeah. After yeah. like 50 weeks of nonstop Star Trek. This time last year, when we were talking about covering all the new episodes when they came out, because when we started our show, Discovery Season 3 had just ended. And yeah. for the first you know, six months or so, there was no new Star Trek on. We were just talking about old Star Trek. Yeah. But we didn't know it was going to be 48 weeks in a oh row. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we kept saying, like, when is there going to be a break? <laughs> and now we have to go back to doing, like, topics for an entire hour-long show. And right. I, I don't even remember how we ever did that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, we thought we'd look back tonight at, I mean, some of the classics, like how, how, which episodes st- stood out, which ones were real stinkers. I mean, there's, uh, you know, <laughs> looking back at Star Trek, and there's the episodes that you remember all your life. There's the episodes that people reference all the time, and sometimes those are the great ones, and sometimes they're not the great ones. That's something that Michael Phillips just recently brought up in our Facebook group was what makes a classic. Yeah. And I mean, looking back at the, the last year of Star Trek, I mean, I guess first thought is which show jumped out to you the most? Which, what's your favorite? Yeah, I, I think Michael. That's a, Michael. That's a very interesting question because um, what makes a classic to one person is not to another. I was just listening to somebody yesterday who argued that Tuvix is a true classic. You know, people talk mm. about it and debate it, but they're arguing that thing as a classic up there with Balance of Terror. Wow, which is which is fascinating. But I think it's just you know what you like sometimes. Yeah, um, 
So we're talking about what we like from this season that we've considered yeah. classic from this past this year. Is, yeah, this is gonna be so incredibly cliched, but I gotta say the first episode of Strange New Worlds. Wow! It they set it up well. They set up Pike well. I like the way he was out, and I just love the scenery with him with the horse out mm. there and, and thinking about his fate. And I got to say, uh, uh, Charles, I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead to what might be a question later on. But it's so strange. But even if you ask for like the scene of the year, yeah, it is when he summoned the Enterprise down into the planet's atmosphere. <laughs> that was like a that's a poster moment. That's a screen capture moment. Poster moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's that was worthy, as they say. Yes, that was a cool, you know, straddle the prime directive, but get it done kind of moment. And it's the one where you can just throw all kinds of music around it. And it was awesome. And also, it did engender in me that sense of wonder we all have is what would you do if you truly saw an alien spaceship appear in the sky like that? Right. Uh, yeah. I just loved it. And that, to me, set the tone of that, that show and also captured the tone of old Star Trek at the same time. Mm. Cool. Yeah. I, I'm going to agree with Keith on that seemed the most Star Trek to mm -hmm. me. Um However, I enjoyed Lower Decks the most. Okay. <laughs> and I thought that Prodigy was the prettiest. Okay. Hey, good one. We hadn't <laughs> talked about that award, Charles. The prettiest. Super <laughs> prettiest. <laughs> yeah. It's important. It's pretty. <laughs> it is that. I agree. So if we're talking about standout shows, uh -huh. got to be Lower Decks. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah. God, I that... That show is solid from the minute it starts to the minute it ends. Right. Yeah. And it's like the, you know, I mean, you know, I always want to stay positive and I always want to focus on the good stuff and and not dwell on the negatives. And there are mm -hmm. it's a couple of seasons this year that, you know, we, we kind of got a little negative on, but mm -hmm. I cannot think of a single thing to knock Lower Decks on. I mean, yeah. it is, I enjoy it 100%. 110%. Well, that's okay. impossible. <laughs> no. Alan, I agree with you. And it's so funny. I was thinking about this last night and today. And I was thinking if you had to do that thing where, you know, where somebody says, if you could only keep one show, which one would you keep? Um, mm. My answer my, is Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's that's so a funny. Team, but... Because what, like what you said, Alan, I agree with. I think that in overall, honest, overall consistency of quality and drama and comedy and science and adherence to Star Trek, I think Lower Decks is the best of the bunch. Yep. Mm. But if I had to keep one and one only, I would keep Strange New World simply because I would like to keep a live action show. Yeah. But Lower Decks, I agree with you. I mean, it's, I, I think y'all remember it. I didn't even know anything about the creators of Lower Decks because I haven't really watched the cartoons that they had done. I know of them. So I was a little dubious about the animation and the big eyes and all that kind of weird stuff. And, <laughs> it works and, so well. Yeah, and from the first episode. Um, mm -hmm. I've never seen anybody put this many Star Trek memes in. I've never seen anybody <laughs> be able to introduce everything from Tribbles to Mugatus. Yeah. Um, you can say it however you want. Good, yeah, you're. Oh, you're right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and do such a good job. I because so many times when I see things like you know the tribbles in the in the Star Trek Beyond Into Darkness and stuff, they feel forced, but they keep managing to cram stuff in, and it just works. Uh, and I love it. Yeah, I was gonna say Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks are sort of tied for my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's yeah. it, those it's two hard. just rise to the top. It, exactly. Yes. It's it's hard yeah. not to just put those 
you know, dually. But I got to say, Prodigy really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I yeah. knew I was going to enjoy it just because it's mm-hmm. Star Trek. And, you know, just because it's, you know, it, it looks good. It's pretty, as we've heard. <laughs> but I swear. And it took a little time. It took maybe half a season. But the second half of the season just Rocks. propelled forward like. I was like, I was there for the ride. Mm-hmm. It was, it was so good. Well, Prodigy was, it was good from the start and it was, I mean, it just lush. The visuals were just incredible mm-hmm. from the start, but yeah, that episode five just cranked the Star Trek and didn't let up. Oh I my mean, gosh. The, you're going along. You're thinking like, well, it's good. I don't know if it really feels like Star Trek. Right. And then episode five is just like, well, here's Spock and Odo and Uhura and Sky. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, okay, we're going exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we were we were all tentatively saying, "Well, it's good." And we were we were all saying things such as, "Well, you know, it is kind of meant for a younger audience." And yeah. then, and you know, there's always going to be a Star Wars influence. You're right; it's, it's <laughs> fine. And then all of a sudden, right. you're like, "Whoa, it's it's so much better." And I look so much. I actually look so well. I look forward to a callback, but I look forward to so much more of Kate Mulgrew. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. and I, I've said so many times. I think one of the most underused and unappreciated characters in Trek history was Chek. Chakotay. And I would love to see him come into the series and and do something. The fact that Robert Beltran has said he's going to come back is kind of cool because everybody knows he was really bored with Voyager. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's going to be able to bring an energy that he really never showed on the series much. So I look forward to that. Yeah. yeah, well, speaking mm-hmm. of that, I mean, we got a lot of legacy characters this year. Yeah, some of them yeah. with the original actors reprising the role, and then some of yeah. them recast. Um, yeah, I mean, Chakotay is a great example of a, a character that we, I mean, we have agreed before on the show that was underused on Voyager. Yeah. And yeah. Robert Beltran has made no bones over the years about how he felt <laughs> about it. So the fact that they're engaging him, and hopefully they're going to give him some really good material coming yes. up. He hasn't got a whole lot yet, but he hasn't really been on the show yet. Um, yeah. But I mean, what what other of the legacy characters jumped out to you this year? Hmm. Odo. Odo. Well, yeah, it, it was that was a weird situation on on Kobe, the episode Kobayashi Maru when you have yeah. that they're using the voice clips, something that I really didn't expect to ever happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which works in animation, yes. right? You right. know, you can you can piece together what I mean, a single word, you know, and string a sentence together more or less and just animate around it and it totally works yeah well i would say it worked to an extent it worked to I, an extent. I, I really enjoyed it but yeah it, it was very clearly you're like yeah that's a clip that's I, not well trying it, to print it's not just that but it's like odo was the one that i think had the most dialogue and you could tell that his stuff yeah. was pieced together from different episodes that right. all had different sound quality and you know, and yeah. it's like every sentence noise. of his changed a little bit yeah i thought odo actually worked of those i thought he worked pretty well i thought spock's Mm -hmm. sound quality varied the most in those dial because they're pulling from balance of terror they're pulling from motion picture pulling from you know the 2009 movie but i mean it was just a treat to to turn on star trek and yeah spock played by leonard nimoy and renee abergenois as odo and you know and that it was just it's kind of thrilling i mean and then on the other hand of that you've got like um, Gates McFadden in that same episode, you know, doing new right. dialogue for yeah. Dr. Crusher. And I feel like it's a shame because she got completely overlooked in favor of the other legacy characters who were clips basically, right, right. but, but were mostly, you know, actors who had passed on and, right. you know, and it was something really special to have those characters back and to have those characters right. in a scene together. And I feel like I wish 
uh, Beverly had been brought back in a, an episode that was just her. Right. Yeah. You know, right. having your one living actor that's doing new dialogue should have been featured a different way, I think. Yeah. Well, hopefully she'll board the Cerritos at some point. Yeah. Oh, I but, hope so. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking we'll, of, I'm sorry, go ahead, Charles. No, go right ahead. As I speaking of talking about the shows, Anthony Williams. Hey, Anthony. Anthony <laughs> Williams commented in our in our comment in the chat here. Strange New Worlds was the sexiest. That is <laughs> accurate. That is accurate. They yeah. they put together a good cast for that. That's show. true. Yeah, I don't true. know, Anthony. Oh, did you see the Maga- Did you see the Magatu knocking boots? <laughs> the other Magatu did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a can't unsee moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then we had some a lot of le- legacy characters that were. <laughs> Anthony Williams says, "Hey, Keith." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now I got. I'm gonna have to start uh, having one of the. What do you call the sash that Worf wore and the batlet on me? <laughs> right. <laughs> and we had some legacy characters that were recast this year. Yeah, um, I thought quite a few. <laughs> yeah, quite a few, and I mean several strange new worlds. You also had the board queen on yep. Picard. Yeah. Um, so I mean, who 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 jumped out to you there? Any performances there that you thought really sort of captured it? Where'd he go? I don't know. We just lost Keith. Uh, Keith, where are you? <laughs> um, I'm going to say, man, uh, everybody on Strange New Worlds has, well, most everybody has really impressed me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And hang on, let me get him back. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm back. I had a glass. Right. Sorry, y'all. Excellent. <laughs> um, but I got to say, man, I have really, well, God, I was going to say Jess Bush. Mm. But then I think of Melissa Navia, who's just mm-hmm. phenomenal, and uh, Christina Chong, who is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, I've really loved that whole cast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I say too, though. I thought I thought that the new version of the board Queen on Picard was really yeah. good. Yeah. Oh gosh, she was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she had a tough ass to follow with. Uh, was Alice Krieg and Susanna Thompson? Susanna Thompson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had yep. tough acts to follow. I thought she oh, yeah, did a good job. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. But it, part, of it was in, part of it was in the writing, too. The character yeah. was written differently than than any previous version had been. And I, I really, really liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Right. Especially because I forget the actress's name and I should remember the actress's name who played the board queen, but I know she was on an episode of, wasn't it Enterprise? With mm-hmm. yep, gosh, um, she's on, on Oasis with Renee Bergeron. Renee Bergeron, right? Where she played yeah, the daughter right. with the yep. um, a theme that actually borrowed from um, Deep Space Nine. The thing where basically everybody was a holograph, and she was had been raised around right. what was basically an illusion. And she was such a because she'd been raised in that environment, and she was kind of under her father's thumb. She wasn't what I'd say meek, but she was much more of of, um, of a self deprecating and mild character. And so when I recognized her as the board queen, it, it was very different to see her play that, <laughs> especially with the kind of sarcasm and the jokes and the and yeah. the, the, the humorous menace that she portrayed. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, the board queen is funny, too, because we got both the new board queen and Alice Krieg returning on Lower Decks as the hologram board queen. Yeah, that's right. Year, yeah, which is kind of cool, which is it really is. Yeah. Uh, Anthony says, if Beverly shows up in Lower Decks, you know, it's going to be the Blazing Bev version. And if you don't understand that reference, just follow Gates McFadden on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it just for reference. <laughs> if she does show up, I, I expect there to be some kind of candle joke. 
somewhere in there. There's some kind of candle. <laughs> Please let that happen. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we also had another we comment have from like a special candle for her. <laughs> <laughs> we had another comment from Facebook user. Don't know who that is. Um, yeah. Yeah, said Pike's hair. Yeah. Yes. The meme of the year. Meme of the year. Pike's yeah. hair. I've seen a lot of people emulating the Pike Peak, Pike's Peak. You know, they're doing their <laughs> really? own version. Yeah, that's people calling it the Pike's Peak and doing. Yeah, I did not try to try to achieve it. I haven't seen anyone quite get there yet. It's uh, <laughs> it's a I don't have the hair for it, unfortunately. No, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> maybe twenty years ago. <laughs> I could probably do it. You probably. Yeah. You could rock it. So Pike's Peak, that's what it's being called. Yep, Pike's Peak. So it's Matt up there Sweatman with has the... messed up to. Okay. Yeah, and, and I knew that was you because that's what happened last time we did yeah. this. Ah, okay. <laughs> we, we've torn the mask off. Exactly. So we got like a, the end of a Scooby Doo. <laughs> we got a new meme. I think my favorite is still the Picardigan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, what what episode do you think this year was like the most Star Trekiest? You know, whatever that means to you. What was the, the Star Trekiest thing that you, you saw this year? You know, you you kind of put those questions to us uh, yesterday, I guess it was. So I was I've been thinking about this. And the one that I was going to say is Kobayashi Maru. okay, because of all the returning characters that Mm -hmm. just really like encapsulated Star Trek, not just because of those characters coming back, but because of the way that the the new characters were sort of incorporated into it and they've they're they're being shown what star what starfleet is all about mm. and and i think that that one really really did sum up everything that's great about star trek for me yeah what about you keith um i i think i'm going back with snw strange new worlds the first step of the first one it just okay. it reminded me so much of of track um in the tone in the first contact and um mm. and the thing in the battle of having to it's always a tough thing when you have to go to a planet and say don't do what we're doing yet because you're not ready you think right. about like it, it, in real world i was listening to the news yesterday and we were talking again about the president biden is over in uh, israel and they're talking again about keeping iran from having nuclear weapons and we, mm. we talk about this all the time but if you think about it on the surface it's a real hard thing when you have nuclear weapons to tell anybody in the world well you can't have them even though you know we on our side say well these people are evil they can't have them and so i love that i love that when he have, goes to this planet and this lady is like look we've been at war for this many generations we're going to protect ourselves and he has to tell them it's always hard to how do you tell the entire civilization you're not ready for what we have Mm. And because the attitude right. is, who the hell are you? How do you? How dare you <laughs> say that to us, right? And so I yeah. love that kind of dilemma that where you have to s- explain to them you're you're not ready. Uh, mm. It's insulting. And then if you look at shows like Enterprise, the Vulcan said it to us: "You're not yeah. ready." That's so yeah. right. So I love that. We didn't take too kindly to that. <laughs> you're <No>. right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, an episode. There's an episode of Discovery that jumped out to me, and I, I don't remember what the title was offhand. But um, in, in the episode, there was the episode where they were debating in the Federation Council whether oh, they should man. attack the Ten C or whether they should yeah. send a first contact mission. And yeah. while that, I mean, the whole episode basically was this debate. Meanwhile, it was cutting back and forth with uh, Stamets and that um, and, and Zora, the AI, mm-hmm. arguing that she's alive. And Stamets having to try to come to terms with that. And it was just the whole episode was just. That's a good one. Yeah, you know, they make jokes about Star Trek 
as people sitting around conference rooms debating <laughs> politics and things like that. But that one, they really did. And, and for a show like Discovery, it's so they like to go with a big action. They like to go with the big, you know, events. And then just having an episode that was just philosophical yeah. discussions for the for yeah. the hour. I just love that. I thought that was a great episode. I agree, I agree. with you. I agree. Yeah. And was it? I don't remember now. It was either the next to the last or the last episode of Discovery this year. I think it was next to the last, the one okay. where they're figuring out how to communicate with these new aliens right. that are so different that there's no common ground. There's nothing that we have in, in any way to bridge that, that sort of chasm between us. I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah. I love that one so much. Yeah. I really like the whole thing in discovery with these really alien aliens and they're having yeah. to figure out like they're, pheromones and things to like, you know, <laughs> right. send basic messages to them. I thought yeah. that was cool. Just trying to establish contact with them. Yeah, absolutely. What, you, what about you, Veronica? What was the, the Star Trekiest thing of the year? So when you first said that, the first one that came to my mind was uh, the Kayshawn puppet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because there's all those, um, all the things in the collector's area. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and also that was a fairly uh, helpful episode to me in, in so far as puppet building. <laughs> Making puppets. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> you made a lot of puppets for Dragon Con. <laughs> it was like two weeks before Dragon Con. It was perfect. Now they just have, because it comes out right before Dragon Con this year, first episode. So um, they need to give me something really cool to make a puppet of. And so I said, so lots of them and everyone listening should buy some. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Veronica likes the Ferengi, in case you've forgotten. <laughs> Ooh, Ferengi puppet. Well, speaking Ooh. of the Ferengi, I mean, we had two Ferengi episodes this year, mm -hmm. which I don't think that's happened since the 90s, having two Ferengi episodes in a year. Yeah, I mean, true. you have uh, the one with the Magatus, where you have um, mm -hmm. yeah, the Ferengi on the planet. And then you had the um, the Prodigy episode with Damon Nandi. Um, and I just thought that was great. I just thought that it was great having uh, just two Fringy episodes come up in a year. Like it's just things that I used to love that are just all of a sudden coming back. I thought was great. Yeah. And there was, uh, in, in, okay. Well, first of all, uh, one of my standout episodes of the year, which I think is a later question is the boxing episode of discovery. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah. in that there was a changeling. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That we got, they, we got sort of a little chase scene through, you know, quote unquote, the promenade. Right. of wherever this place is that they're having this boxing thing and we get an actual changeling who actually right. changes and stuff and i thought that i was so excited about that i know because when they, when they said changeling sometimes in sci-fi the term changeling is just used sort of generally exactly yeah. right uh, but when it actually turned into a changeling like odor and i was like oh, it's a real it's like a, like a founder it's like a real yeah. changeling it's like <laughs> a real one <laughs> that was real that was a really exciting moment <laughs> i want to know more about that changeling like what's it doing there How yeah. i want to know more about doing. the changelings as a whole yeah, absolutely. Like, what's, up, what's up with the Dominion in the 32nd exactly. century? Right. And by yeah. Dominion, I'm also thinking Cardassians, and I'm thinking, um, who are those people with the helmets? The Breen? The Breen. Thank you. Yeah. I was totally mind blanking. I want to know. I mean, we never really did find out anything about them, even in DS9. They were oh, just the Breen. weird characters that hung out with the, you know. So I want to see what they're up to. <laughs> oh, the Breen were but the Breen were awesome. The weapons they developed, the um, fact that yep. well, they claimed nobody had ever seen a Breen, although I think we figured out Kira had to have seen a Breen, but 
They were awesome. I, I, you're right. I'd love to see where they are. Um, technically, Odo could still be alive in the future, although, of course, with Renee gone, I don't know if they'd want to do something like that because right. no. there's, they seem to be immortal. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see Odo recast, but I wouldn't yeah. mind if they said, like, no. he's part of the link now and he's part of all of us. I, would, I wouldn't mind if they went that sort of direction. Yeah, with it. agreed. Yeah. So um, this is going back a ways, but um, Twin Peaks, the return, the se- season three that happened in 2018 was supposed to have David Bowie featured for pretty prominently his character from uh, the 90s. And, of course, he passed away uh, before the... Th- well, actually, he was still alive when they started production, but he right. was just not in a place where he could do it. But they kept his character in the, the storyline in very interesting ways in references and in, mm. like, a new character that was basically the embodiment of, of his... It was really cleverly done and if they did something like that with Odo, I think that could work to yeah. keep the spirit of the character around without right. the actor being there to play him. Right. Like maybe Odo created a, a new link. So his link developed and and him is he's like part of all of the changelings <laughs> from that link. Okay. I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole. I think yeah. talking about Odo. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting back to the past year of Star Trek, I mean, to the people who are listening and commenting, what what was your favorite episode? What were the standout episodes from for you for the past year? I'd love to know what the what the other what the listeners think. Well, here's one from a Facebook user. I don't think this is the same Facebook user as earlier. Okay, because I don't think Matt Sweatman went back to his cloak and dagger disguise. <laughs> but it, whoever it is says, I think that Strange New Worlds is fast becoming better than Picard. That's a I, loaded statement for. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with it though. Yes, I think yeah, oh, totally. I agree with that totally. too. Yeah. yeah, I think I agree with I that too. The Strange New Worlds, I think, is more sure of its identity than Picard has been yes. so far. I think if the Strange yeah. New Worlds, they knew exactly what they wanted to do and they did it. Whereas yeah. Picard, I think, is has struggled a little bit to figure out what the show should be. Yeah, well, they got one more season to figure it out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the interesting thing is that when season two began, I was one hundred percent on board. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. about it, the promo images, the the earliest trailers, everything about it was like, this is what I love. I love like alt future kind of totalitarian kind of stuff, you know, yeah. where people come in and they have to figure out how to how to ev- uh, embrace this new world and, and how they're going to navigate it without getting executed and all this kind of stuff. Man, I freaking love it. And then halfway through the season, like the train just fell off the tracks. <laughs> I was like, yeah. dude, what's going on? Yeah. And, you know, I can see where they're I can see where they're trying to go with Picard because one of the hardest things to deal with ever in fiction, whether it's books or movies and stuff, is how does your hero age? Mm-hmm. How do they, yeah. you know, how do they get older because he doesn't have the same physical stamina and then they did that whole you know, they have to do what they have to do. That whole weird thing. Like it, with any of us, let's be honest. If any of us, if they, if you woke up on the table and they're like, Hey, we put you in this really new cool synth body and blah, blah, blah. But it's like a hundred years old and you're going to die in like 10 years. I'm like, what? You couldn't put me in a 25 year old body. That's got another 200 years to live. But of course they had to do that. And so, you know, uh, Patrick Stewart, he's not as physically powerful as he used to be. His, even his voice is a little weaker than, than it was. So I kind of see, and also as he's gotten older, we've all talked about these stories were very semi-autobiographical about how he, the struggles mm-hmm. he had growing up. So I agree right. with you, Alan. I, um, I was excited about it. I don't know if they pulled it off quite as well as I wanted them to, but I do see why he didn't come out 
from even season one as just a pure swashbuckling Picard's back. So I even right. kind of got what they were trying to do with this man who has doubts. He's gotten older. Yeah. Uh, I know some people felt betrayed that he had left the Federation. I like where they were trying to go. I don't think they landed it quite well, but I do understand the, where they were trying to go with it. Mm-hmm. And it would be very interesting to see how they're going to pull this all together in the third season with all so mm-hmm. much of the other cast coming back. What is this going to be like? Because you can't everybody be in swashbucklers and you don't have data. So it's going to be very interesting. How do you write people getting older when they were yeah. your heroes for so long? Yeah. I got to admit, though, in the first episode of Picard this year, when he was addressing mm-hmm. the Academy and... Uh-huh going to a Starfleet vessel. I love that. I love, I mean, I know that's not really what he has wanted to do with the character when he came back, but I love right. the cards in Starfleet and doing Starfleety things. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I gotta, and I gotta say, I do agree with what Alan said too, was uh, Picard in that fascist black uniform and in the awesome. world. He was playing that. I tell you what, yeah. I wouldn't mind staying there for a few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let me that get a couple. Of, oh, sorry. Yeah, that I said I would. I wouldn't have minded that at all. Yeah. Okay, so seeing the lower decks cast in uniform makes me want a live action episode. Agreed. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Agreed. And as, 110 percent. Uh, right. <laughs> and as I've been saying since the first episode of Lower Decks comes out, I want a Lower Decks episode in the style of the animated series. Yes. Yes. And like he says, Memento Mori, for me, it was a great, it was great to interview the director of that episode. I remember that one being a standout for all of us. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that one. Yeah, that was great. And he also stands up to defend Picard season two, his favorite season of Trek ever. Awesome. That's amazing. That is. Wow. That's that's really cool. Yeah. That's great. That's the great thing about having all these different shows that are so different in style Mm -hmm. is that, you know, maybe I love this one more than that one. And someone else loves that one more than this one. You know, like there's there's something more for everybody, I think, than there there was before when you had, you know, one Star Trek show or two Star Trek shows on air all year long. If you didn't like, you know, Voyager, you got to the point where Voyager is the only Star Trek to watch, you know, like, you know, (laughs) yeah. And Dan, that's really cool when people completely dislike something you love or love something you dislike, because as you're saying, that's diversity. It it, it, it opens up so many conversations, because I would mm-hmm. love to hear from somebody who loves season two of Picard. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, you I, I, I know in the original series, I listened to a guy last year on another, um, I think I was somebody I listened to on a, on a YouTube thing, who thinks that the alternative factor from the original series was the best of the entire and I've never heard that opinion before, ever. No. But it was fascinating to, I know, right? <laughs> it was fascinating <laughs> to listen to him make the case. It's, it's okay. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the great, I, I love, you know, hearing someone that, that likes a Star Trek I don't like or vice versa. Right. Make their case. Explain to me why it's great. What am I missing? You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but again, going back to what Matt Swetman said about the, the lower, lower decks cast appearing in live action or mm-hmm. in their live action costumes on stage. Yeah. And that was something I hadn't really thought about when we were preparing for this topic was there's a lot of Star mm-hmm. Trek things going on in the real world associated with star trek that's yeah. really exciting too yeah and then that's anthony williams true. commented move along home is the greatest episode of star <laughs> trek ever oh come on anthony, you bs <laughs> you're just trolling me man come on yeah that's come not on. the name of the episode is it move along yeah. home yes yeah actually the name of the episode yes yeah. yes you, you know, you it's, it the, it's the one where Janeway and what's his name turn into the salamander people. 
And then, and then the two salamander people get split into two identities, one good and one bad, and they have to decide which one they're going to keep. I'm, I'm, I'm going hey, off on we, a weird. And and don't forget the the ghost candle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't we all say that? Speaking of moving on home, didn't did we all say we were all at the Dragon Con where that question came up and um and um and he and uh, he started singing. Were, were, were any of y'all there? Was it yes. just me that year? Yeah, we were yeah. there that year. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was great. So I, if you really believe that, brother, I want to hear the defense of moving on home. <laughs> nah, he's already he's already fessed up. Okay. <laughs> I like that episode. I mean. Well, yeah, but- I need to watch it again because I, I, I really I've not ever watched it since the first time <laughs> it, was on here. it aired on broadcast. Well, yeah, we now that net, net Netflix doesn't have DS9 anymore, our, our nightly DS9 while we had to move over to Paramount Plus and start over from scratch. So, yeah, yeah. We, ju- we just went by Alan Moraine. Which I always call it episode Alan Moraine. We just went by that one <laughs> just a few okay, nights that's ago. That's why I, I didn't think that was the right title. Yeah, I never thought I was like, home. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Because we always call it Adam Marie. Well, and speaking of which, are there any episodes of this past year that, I mean, we've talked about some of the classics. Are there mm-hmm. any episodes that you thought were just stinkers? Um, I don't remember the name, but it was what's the one with we just saw with Dr. Mabinga where the space okay. entity. We know you're going to say that. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that was hilarious. <laughs> what was it called? What was the name Wrong. of that? I didn't, I didn't, Elysian I didn't write it. Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. I. Here's the thing, you know what they always say, and it's so funny because you guys, um, we, you've all mentioned shows, whether it's alternative fact or move alone home, that are in well, in some people's opinion, so bad they're they're memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, that episode wasn't horrible, and then I was like, oh my god, this stinks! It literally didn't move me. I, I literally just yeah. sat there the entire time. I literally didn't laugh one time. Um, the ending with the daughter was grafted on, and it was mm-hmm. it seemed such a strange tonal shift. I do not dislike it, but sometimes it's worse when you're just not affected by a show. Even what happened with his yeah. daughter, it yeah. more kind of upset me because of the plot not making sense than like uh, we talked about the time, Charles. Like you just handed your daughter over some weird space entity. Yeah. Um, well, but it just Anthony's didn't do much for me. You. Yeah, okay. it just didn't do much for me. And I also wanted to see a little bit more of Dr. Mabinga. But I don't think that was the best show to showcase him either. Uh, mm, so it yeah, just yeah. didn't do a lot for me. It's not a show I would ever want to revisit. Not because I hate it. It just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I I didn't like that one as much either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was kind of in the middle on it, but at least it was fun bad. There was an episode of Picard um, because of the themes it dealt with with suicide. Uh-huh. And I have some personal reasons for not caring for that and not finding it entertaining that I didn't mm-hmm. care for that episode. Uh, the way it pre- presented that. So mm-hmm. as far as a, a being an episode that I didn't think it was bad necessarily, but it's kind of a fun that I don't really care for. I would say the right. kingdom and then the Picard suicide episode. I didn't really care for at all. Mm-hmm. Sorry to bring it down. <laughs> but what about oh, you, Alan? <laughs> what was the question? I don't remember. <laughs> what were the any stinkers this year? Episodes that jumped out to you that you just didn't care for? Oh, uh, come back to me on that one. Okay. <laughs> Veronica. And also, by the by the way, I'm sorry, real quick, by the way, to say, because we're talking about all the series, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. All the ones yeah. just passed. Yeah. Literally, the only one that stood out was that one. Not because, right. again, I hated it because it's just like, eh. That's a good run. That actually is. Episodes, yeah. yeah. And there's one you don't like. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Have... That's a good track record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one that I just didn't like. Most, uh-huh. There was like, there was several from. Um. Discovery. Okay. I was going to say that too. Card yeah. Yeah. that I was like, 
There was one I feel like that was Picard that I was upset at the ending. I didn't dislike okay. the episode, but I was like, oh, that's, what was that's that? not how it's supposed to end. I have no idea what it is. That's I don't useful. remember what it is. But, <laughs> I remember uh, there was something in the, in the second half of Disco that I was like, Ugh. yeah. But again, I feel like it. Oh, but, no. Okay. I remember what it was. It was um, <laughs> with the um, the Gorn episode. Gorn, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which that one? Was the one. The, the, the first the, one or the second the, one? The, running, the alien episode. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's the one where I was like, oh, no, because Demer died at the end. It's stupid and pointless and useless. <laughs> well, his contract was up, so. Right. I can't say much, Veronica. I made a promise last week I was not going to say anything bad about new track ideals and canon violations. So I'm not going <laughs> to say anything about the gore short up. <laughs> Although I, did, I will say, if we want to say something positive, you notice it was sad, but you notice we all commented on how Hemmer, right? Hemmer. Hemmer. We all commented on how he died because it was kind of sad, weird, and maybe kind of funny at the same time. We just kind of like, you remember, I think Alan or Charles, y'all said, there he goes off the side of the ship. And it was well, kind of what like... What was a- your line, Alan? <laughs> oh, where where I said, they, you know, all this character development, and they just threw it out the window. That literally. was literally right. right. <laughs> so at least that was funny. I, mean, right. my, I, I looked at my notes, and I looked at my notes again today, and I literally said, he's not really dead, is he? Because yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know the actor had only contracted one year for that role. Yeah. So it was... It was sad. It was weird. But because we didn't get enough of him, I didn't have a huge sadness. It was like, oh, no, not him. I saw yeah, potential, but we never got to know him. So I'm just going, little dude just literally ran off the side of the ship. So it was yeah. almost funny in a weird way. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> so Matt Sweatman says, I don't think there were any episodes of this run that's a stinker. Certainly some not as strong, but I never regretted giving the show my time. Well, I 100% agree with that. Yes. I mean, I never, ever thought, oh, God, that was a waste of a Thursday. Right. (laughs) Watching that crappy episode. Even the ones that I didn't really like, I still was glad that I saw them. And I still, there were still moments in each one of them that I loved, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. And, and it's new Star Trek, and it's new Star Trek that's being really well made by yeah. really talented yeah. people. So it's it's. I mean, I I have a great time every Thursday getting up early to watch Star Trek, and then thinking about it all day and watching it again when I get home. Um, it, whether it's an episode that I loved or whether it's an episode that I loved less, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dan points out that the Strange New Worlds finale was frustrating. Okay. Yeah, agreed, Dan. But why, why do you think so, Dan? <laughs> and Elaine says. Her least favorite was the Orville season premiere. (laughs) (laughs) Snarky, snarky, snarky. And Anthony Williams breaks out with hammer time. Modern Musicology is a podcast covering topics on rock and pop ranging mostly from the 70s, 80s, and 90s with occasional excursions into the 60s and aughts and even occasionally the 2010s. Anything is fair game. Classic rock, R&B, folk, punk, prog, rap, metal, and way more with two Americans, one Brit, a ton of fun, and a healthy dose of cynicism.
what what performances this year really jumped out to you? Was there any any actors or acting in particular that you thought that like that was just great? Like somebody who just rises above the rest? The the woman playing Uhura, and I uh-huh. am not remembering her name. Celia Rose Gooding. Celia, yes. Yeah. See, that's the name I was gonna say, sort of. I was gonna say Rose Celia Gooding. Well, you're in the so neighborhood. I was, was... was going to be pretty close, but I didn't want to butcher the name. In and your defense, there's a lot of new names to remember. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, Celia Rose Gooding is great. I thought, I think she's doing a great job. Yeah. Yep. Um, I agree. Um, I want to jump toward voice cast because it's, okay. it's so easy to think of the, the ones that you actually see on screen. But I think that the kid who plays Zero on mm. Prodigy does a wonderful job. Well, actually, yeah. that whole cast does. Yeah. Um, especially the younger ones who are playing some of the the, the younger characters, I think mm-hmm. have done really wonderful work. Yeah. Um, but also the 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 lower decks main cast has yeah. been has been just spectacular. Oh yeah, they're, they uh, they're, they're kill fantastic. It. Yeah, kill it. And I think the Tendi, whose name I just forgot, um, I think she is just she has an incredibly expressive voice. I just yes, love does. her performance consistently. That's Noel Wells. Noel Wells, that's it. Yep. Ex cast member of Saturday Night Live. I will oh. never forget who plays Tindy. <laughs> <laughs> and then in live action, I thought that um Gerardi was great this year. Yeah. I think that they really gave her some heavy material and she was knocking it out of the park. I totally agree, man. She blew me away this year. Yeah. I thought she was phenomenal. Her yeah. and the Borg Queen were the highlight of yeah. Picard. Yes. Yeah, totally. So too. Totally. Could have watched Gerardi Borg Queen. I would watch that spinoff. Yeah. Paul Wesley's <laughs> portrayal of Kirk was just dot 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 awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't agree. I, I don't agree with you on that, Dan. But I, I will say that he has. I haven't really. He doesn't really feel like Kirk quite to me yet. And I had the same sort of experience um, with the new Uhura. I mean, I'm sorry, the new Guinan when she her first episode. Yeah, I wasn't really yeah. feeling it as Guinan. Not that she was doing a bad job. Yeah, but then as right. she went along, I found that I felt I, I I liked her more and more and sort of warmed up to her. So I think sometimes for me it takes a little time. You know, I, I, he didn't really scream Kirk to me, but I think he's doing a good performance. Act, yeah. You know, and I think that he has the he's at a disadvantage in that he's playing a Kirk farther down the timeline mm-hmm. in a different way because it's a Kirk that doesn't have the, the same experiences and right. uh, influences of other characters around him who shaped the one that we know from William Shatner. I think this is a different Kirk and so he's he's kind of at a disadvantage where people are comparing him to Shatner but he's not playing the one that we know he's playing one that developed in a different way yeah yeah so like I who, think when we start to see him playing the younger Kirk in the current timeline I think we're going to see a very different performance next season mm-hmm. and I'm really looking forward to seeing how that's going to differ yeah. yeah yeah and it's kind of like who who would Kirk be if he if he didn't have Spock and Bones at his side yeah, yeah. you yeah. know yeah and captaining the Enterprise instead of the Farragut. Right. I mean, it's a whole different scenario because you can see Shatner's approach to the character changing over the course of three seasons. His yeah. season two is different than his season one. That's true. You know, so I think it's, I think it's, you know, Paul Wesley was put in sort of a, an unwinnable situation. Mm. It was his Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Keith? Anybody jump out at you this year? Yeah, I think um, 
I try not to judge shows before I see them because, you know, people, you always talk about the internet is full of people who hate a movie or a show before it even comes on. So my well-known not love of the Abrams universe, even then, I never judged it beforehand. I will say, though, when I heard that there was a descendant of Khan on Strange New Worlds, I had to fight really hard not to go, oh, my God, are you kidding? (laughs) I mean, I really did. Uh, But her performance has surprised me. Because she's also she's doing two things. One, she's playing you know an augment or a descendant of Khan or whatever. But she's also playing that kind of stoic military type person, which can right. be a real cliche. But um, Miss Chong has pulled it off to me yeah. so far. I expected the cliche. I'm like, oh god, great, she's playing the stoic Khan. She's playing the stoic security officer. But there's a vulnerability in how she plays it. Where I whether I like the Gorn being in this this world or not, I feel that girl whose life and family were ruined and destroyed by the Gorn. And I feel that mm-hmm. person who is got shields up because she is a con and because whether she was a con or not getting messed around with by the Gorn was enough to, to um, give you problems. Mm-hmm. And she's pulled it off. Um, yeah. She's really pulled it off. And I am stunned how much I like yeah. her performance. Yeah, me too. Totally agreed. She yeah. reminds me a lot of early Kira. Yeah, and they've, they've hinted in this episode when they jumped to the future how much she had warmed up yes. in that seven years that we maybe hopefully we're going to be seeing that arc play out on the show. I think I think we will. I'm yeah. looking I can't believe that. I never thought about the comparison with Kira. You're right, because Kira in the first season stuff, sometimes you didn't like her, like when um, she was reporting on Cisco <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that. She really had a chip on her shoulder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me get a backlog of comments here. Um, Matt Sweatman agrees about Celia Rose Gooding. Dan says he enjoyed Rebecca Romaine and Melissa Navia 100%. Yeah, love them both. Yeah, a Facebook user says Celia Rose Gooding as Uhura and Jess Bush as Nurse Chapel 100%. They were phenomenal. Yeah, Yeah. possibly the same, possibly a different Facebook user says. I really don't want any more returning TOS characters. I want new characters like Himmer. I 100% agree with that, too. Amen, brother. Although or I'm sister. sure we're going to get uh, Scotty next season. I'm yeah. sure. No. That's a given. No. That is a no, given. No, no, well, no. it's not a given. Now, they've just... said that there's going to be a new engineer next year, but it's not going to be Scotty. Oh, have I haven't seen that. Th- yeah, that okay, he good. did say that in an interview, but good. No, 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 no. I'm I'm mentally preparing myself. We're gonna get Kirk. We're gonna get Bones at some point. We're gonna get Sulu at some point. We're gonna. I mean, it's all gonna happen. It's all gonna happen. The ones I would want to have first is I want to have Roger Corby and Layla Colomi. Those are the two that I want next year. Okay. Oh, because what that means? I can take that. Yeah, the Spock and um, Nurse Chapel situation. I really want to see how those two characters play into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could I could see justifications for Corby and um, Layla. But not Scotty. (laughs) Sorry. Matt also (laughs) says Ethan Peck is knocking it out of the park now that we're seeing him as Spock in a more typical Trek adventure, as opposed to what we saw in Disco Season 2. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. And possibly the same, possibly a different, possibly a third iteration of (laughs) Facebook user. (laughs) Generic Facebook user is Michael. F- oh, hi, Michael Phillips. Hey, Michael Phillips. Hello, Michael. Not sure why my name isn't showing up. I don't know. It's weird. And we should not have Sulu. I mean, they got to save somebody. Well, yeah, but they've got a few years, I would think. Exactly. And at some point, I would expect them all next year, but at some no. point, 
So it, someone they probably will not have back is um, and I, as soon as I was saying it, his name is gone from my brain. Good Davy job. Jones, not not, the, not Davy Jones. Check off the uh, monkeys of Davy no, Jones. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm mentally wow. preparing myself. That check off. He's a daydream believer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm mentally preparing myself that at some point there's going to be cadet check off. There's going to be triples at some point. Yeah. They, they've they've not shown a whole lot of restraint with that kind of stuff. So I'm yeah, just yeah, preparing myself yeah. now, finding my happy place, and I'm just going to go along with the story they want to tell. Right. Uh, Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be groaning every time, but I agree with you. I I think they they don't seem to know how to leave um, original series canon alone. But you know, again, like I didn't like I didn't I didn't like the Gorn introduced, but I didn't hate the episodes where they were there. You know, I will say at least I enjoyed them. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, I thought yeah. Memento Mori was great, and then I mean they went full on in balance of terror in a quality of mercy, and I thought that was a great episode. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, yeah, they they're they're using it to good effect. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, I mean, across the board, though, you've had a lot of big Star Trek references come up. We sort of talk about the Star Trekiest um, episodes, but what, I mean, was there a, like a specific like fangasm moment that really jumped out to you? One hundred percent, no doubt in my mind, no second guessing. Cybok, Cybok, <laughs> yes. really? God, yes, really. I was so excited about that, and I am so excited for season two to see mm -hmm. what they're going to do with that. Oh my yeah. god! I, so I, was, about I was stoked though? about Cyborg too. What is it about Cyborg? I actually never pay much attention to Cyborg. It's just—it's just a character that was uh, basically a one-off. Yeah. And you know, I mean, he might be getting the, you know, the the that whole like con treatment where he was a one-off character, but then brought back in a really epic way. That's mm -hmm. what I'm expecting from this Cyborg. Yeah, I interesting. So. I have no memory of Cyborg. I, oh, you know what? Let me let me go. <laughs> let me jump back to our previous question about okay. um about standout performances. Okay. Jesse James Kaitel. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yes. She was great. Yeah. God, I she really was hope we see her next season. Yeah. That was a good. Oh, performance. we will. We will. Yeah. That was that, a good. They can do a spinoff series on <laughs> on her. Oh, I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah, and then go back to the Cyborg thing for a second. I mean, yeah. the, uh, Discovery Season 2, you had all those flashbacks to, to Spock's childhood home. And every mm. single time, I would be like, well, where's Cyborg? So I love that we're, <laughs> we're finally getting that right wrong. I mean, wrong exactly. right. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go back. Let's see. Okay. Um, oops, sorry. Elaine says, I was really confused for a moment about why Davy Jones came up in this conversation. <laughs> Davy Jones comes up in every conversation. Right. It's, it's like me and Bowie. It's going to happen somewhere. Uh, Dan Leckie says, doesn't Sulu come on board as astrophysicist in Where No Man Has Gone Before? He does. He is. We know he's, that he's an astrophysicist at that point. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they're not strictly adhering to continuity. They're... Yeah. They're in here. He could have been on the ship. But you don't know when he came on board. True. But I mean, they're basically treating the original series continuity the same way the movies did. That you'll honor it when you want to, and you don't honor it when you don't want to. I mean, Star Trek <laughs> right, Five, exactly. Kirk seemed to forget that he ever had a brother. You know, like there's, they, 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 know what they wanted to ignore to tell their story. That's the same thing they're going to do in Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Charlie. I'm still struggling with the series, the original series episode, Operation Annihilate, when, when Sam's like dead. And now I'm thinking, well, Spock didn't say Jack about, you know, I worked with him. I served with him. Sorry about that, Jim. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, but there was a nice moment. If you rewatch it, though, there's a nice moment when Spock, when he says, he starts to say that, he, you know, like, I, mm. I know what you must be going through, kind of a, a statement to Kirk. I don't remember what the exact wording was, but then he stops himself 
and they have a kind of a moment there. So th- that could be interpreted a number of ways. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that maybe Spock's thinking back to the time he lost his sister. So, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of different wow. layers that add. So rewatch that episode and think about that. Wow. <laughs> Anthony That's Williams' deep. fangasm moment was seeing old Pike in the Wrath of Khan uniform. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the, sort of. I would, mm. I, the He's right that it's modernized. It's a modernized oh, yeah. version. It's not yeah. quite the Wrath of Khan uniform. Right. But well, yes, it's cool to you see. You know what I mean. I know it's the Wrath of Khan uniform if they had made Wrath of Khan now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. I okay. know what you mean. And a Facebook user, possibly Michael Phillips, says, I found Strange New Worlds, uh, what is it? All Those Who Wander to be a bit disappointing, but Memento Mori was great as far as the Gorn were concerned. Agreed. Yes. Agree with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Introducing Chekhov as early as Strange New Worlds could potentially sort out the nitpick about Khan recognizing him. That's true. Right? Yep. Matt says Cybok is the Andrew Garfield and the Hayden Christensen of the Star Trek universe. <laughs> <laughs> he needs redeeming. Oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing because I love Andrew Garfield as uh, Spider Man. I, I love Andrew is. Garfield in everything yeah. he does. Yeah. Uh, wow, this is amazing. I honestly, in talking to you guys for over a year, I actually did not know there were Cybok fans out there. Oh, yes. I, I did. I would never that. have said I was a Cybok fan because he was, again, <laughs> a one off. And you yeah. know, who cares? But mm-hmm. now that they brought him back, the potential yeah. is so exciting about what they could possibly do for this character. I'm so I excited. see what you're saying. Because we had I, a, we had a I'm sorry, we had a real interesting discussion about Cybok and was he, quote unquote, borderline evil criminal? Yeah. What would you call him? Yeah. 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 So you're right, Alan. There's some depth there that could be mined because there's yeah. a whole thing. Out, what is crime on Vulcan? What are Vulcan criminals? There's still a whole bunch of stuff to talk about there. Yeah. yeah. Facebook user says, yes, he was. I don't know who he is. I think that where no man has gone before and his line about doubling a penny every day. That's back to Sulu as an astrophysicist. Oh, 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 oh. Yep. Oh, I got you. They're talking and, about Gary Mitchell's powers growing. Yeah. Right. Dan loved the Far Beyond the Stars callback. Yep. Me too. Michael yeah. Phillips is now signing his comments. So we'll know which one he is. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you, Michael Phillips. That's what bothers me about TOS. It's not only episodic. It's like the characters have amnesia in between. That was kind of the situation with a lot of those. A lot of, the you know, even next way. gen and DS nine. Yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Scotty yeah. forgets all about the love of his life. Caroline, who in who mourns for Adonis. And uh, I love how strange two worlds has character continuity. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I like the mixing of those two things, totally yeah. episodic storylines with character arcs that cross over them. That's the yeah. way it should be. Yes. I mean, even up to DS nine, which was the most serialized of the old shows. Yeah. I mean, O'Brien spent a lifetime in a terrible prison environment and came out yeah. traumatized <laughs> and it was never mentioned again. <laughs> right. You know? right. Just goes back. Just go back to life. Inner light, the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. at least then, inner light reference got referenced back at some point, one time, yeah. like a series or two later. And yeah. had they not just written an episode, uh, he wouldn't, but it had no effect on him. That's true, you yeah. know, it, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I heard uh, I, I listened to some guys once on the podcast who talked about the original series said that there were no rear view mirrors on the Enterprise, <laughs> yeah, because Kirk would be yeah. like. Yeah, yep. well, and, and you know the old line, Kirk would go, that's what we call whatever freedom. You'll like it a lot. And then he gets in the ship and like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben Hyde right. is like, could be a, you, you could almost see the mushroom clouds rising. He's like, well, they're a normal society now. So <laughs> I do agree that I like the continuity more built in nowadays. Yeah. 
Anthony Williams points out that syndication is the reason for random amnesia, possibly. Maybe I'm bullshitting that. But yes, that, that <laughs> certainly is yep. the, the reason that's always given for how you cannot have too much connective tissue between episodes mm -hmm. because you never know when it's syndicated in what order these things are going to get shown. Right. So, yeah. Do, yeah. Do y'all remember just a few years ago there used to be what was called Spike TV? Yes. Mm -hmm. And Spike TV bought or had Next Generation. And I don't know if you remember it to, to what you're just saying now. It drove me mad. They would carve up. They would have like they would have like a data block. It would be six. Oh, episodes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And it would be from all of these weird years. And they'd have an yeah. O'Brien block. And sometimes I'm like, I don't even understand where you are. It, even the connected <laughs> tissue that was there. I was lost all the time. So right. I, but that's what they want to be able to cut it up like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's see. Dan says maybe hard time was too much was too much too hard. Oh, man. <laughs> that's that's I the signal. <laughs> 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 right. Well, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, going back to current Star Trek. <laughs> what what else is there? I mean, what what are your big takeaways from the year? You know, like as you look back on the last year of Star Trek that we've had, like what what sticks sort of sticks out in your mind the most? how a lot of Trek is being made by people who were um, 90s Trek fans. Yeah, that's true. So there's yeah. a mm -hmm. lot. So there's a lot more pulling in of that type of stuff yep. where I think the 90s Trek was trying to avoid pulling in TOS. Uh, to at first, point. yeah, a lot, a lot of early next gen they were very against that. But even then, I mean, you had Sarek show up in season right. three, season of three, next yeah. gen. Yeah. But I mean, the, the second episode uh, after the pilot, you had, they're just remaking <laughs> the naked time. You know? Right. <laughs> uh, and McCoy agree. walks on the bridge in the first. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And I agree um, with Veronica says, and that I do think that, you know, some of the issues that some of us have had with things like discovery is that they are so much influenced by Abrams track, star Wars and TNG. That one thing, whatever my my qualms are about some aspects of S, uh, Strange New Worlds is, I do feel people who like the original series in this one. Mm. Um, Akiva Goldsman, I always get this Goldsmith Smith, I always get Goldman. confused. Goldman, he absolutely reached back to the original series for the Gorn, and yeah. even with interviews and stuff, even when I don't like some of his moves, he's a he's a TOS fan. Oh yeah. So that's cool to see that creeping back into it. That that's yeah, nice. He posted on Twitter uh, uh -huh. like the the program from a Star Trek convention he attended in like 1972 or 73 right. or something. Wow. Right. Yeah, he's uh, he's been a fan, you know, oh, since wow. then. Yeah. Wow. Matt says it's reached the point of saturation. Hard to imagine another show starting before Picard finishes up and opens a slot. And that's the plan. There mm -hmm. there will be something that'll fill the Picard slot once Picard ends. So we've got another year or so before anything like that is, is even a possibility. Yeah, but I mean, they've already filmed the, what should be the final season of Picard to our best yeah, of yeah, our yeah. understanding. Yeah. But I mean, they're going to have to be on production soon on the next yep. show to get it out yeah. for next year. So exactly. So yeah. we're to the point we'll start hearing something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I got yeah. a really weird, stupid question. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ed. No, okay. uh, you go right ahead. A really weird, stupid question. Who would you rather cook for you? Cisco, Pike, or Riker with his omelet? Okay, not Riker. <laughs> yeah, because the guy calls omelet scrambled eggs or vice versa. Mm. Man, that's that's Pike. tough. 
I, I would I would demand an Iron Chef style cook off, <laughs> and I will make my decision from that from that. So. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Pike would win that because he takes old spaghetti and makes it into something. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's yeah. I Cisco, like, Veronica, I think you would like um, Pikes better because Cisco's is probably going to be spicier because it's very sort of New Orleans. Yes, I was yeah, just going to say the same thing. Yes. Yeah, I would. I would take. I would take uh, Cisco's because that man knows how to season his food. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I like the stuff that Pike cooks. He's cooked pancakes and all and, and pasta. But yeah. Cisco being from New Orleans down yeah, that way, yeah, yeah, I gotta try that. You know it. Oh yeah. man. I like but my not... classic foods. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Surely Scotty has to come back for yeah. what we're next. Well, that's possible. Oh well What's he's the still point alive, of him yeah. just floating out in, in there otherwise. And the animated format of Lower Decks would give a prime get out to recasting the role, and they'd have to get uh voice. What they? I can't read. Never mind. Okay. Well, yeah, you know what have, have, have someone to voice the character, and I mean that's a possibility. That's something we talked about yeah. when Spock and Uhura were in the holodeck programs. Like they've got a new Spock and Uhura, so we're a little surprised that they pulled the original clips. I mean, I'm glad that they did. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's there's the possibility of recasting these roles through animation. Um, I mean, there. But like you said, there. Like I'm thinking what Dan's talking about is there's a, a Scotty still alive at the time of Lower Decks. We presume. Because he was in relics and he's still out there right. in a shuttlecraft somewhere. Right, so yeah, right, you right. really could have Scotty show up. Absolutely. Doesn't uh, James Doohan's son has it? James Doohan's yeah. son done some in trick a, stuff in a fan yeah. series. He has. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if he could work. He Maybe. could. I'm sure he would he, not he turn could. down the offer. Yes. Yeah. Um, Michael Phillips says section 31. I'm assuming that's a reference to the slot that's going to be in the Picard. Maybe. Yeah, the, I think the, the struggle with that is Michelle Yeoh is very busy and very in demand right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. man. No. Yeah, because they were supposed to two, three years ago. We all heard for sure there was going to be a Section 31 series and then it kind of stalled. You're right now. She's like Oscar level yeah. with this movie. So, yeah. 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 And she just joined a new Netflix series. So I think yeah. that oh. I think that I, th I so far as I know, all the parties involved would still like to do it. But it's a matter of scheduling. Yeah. I think I would assume so. Mm -hmm. Dan, like he says, he suspects Una might get recruited to Section 31. That's an interesting thought. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Mm, I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, Matt says, I kind of hope they rethink Section 31 and give us something different for Picard. Agree. To follow yeah. Picard, I would think. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I, I would love for the, the folks who are working on Picard right now, like Terry Metalis has, has said that he would love to continue on with that time period in Star Trek. And I would love to see him do a show that just continued on after Picard and just, yeah. I mean, because to me, that still feels like the present in Star Trek. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, we exactly. followed that time period for so long. I yeah. want to see what happens next. I want to see what's going on with the Romulans. I want to see what's going on with the Synths and the Klingons. Yes. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Agree. And I Lane. personally. I'm sorry. I, I, I personally don't like Section 31 as a really big organization. Yeah. So I like them as a small clandestine one. The guy claimed it was like three men in a room. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Elaine's deep and well thought out comment is <laughs> Pike, yum. Girl, <laughs> I am with you on that. <laughs> Dan chooses Nexus Kirk as okay. his chef of choice. Big egg fan. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I hope, Strange New Worlds has a seven-year run, and it goes right up to Pike's destiny. Mm -hmm. Well, I, yeah, no, 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 I was going to say it doesn't have to be seven. It can be because it doesn't have to be one season per year. 
True. Or like like one season tells one year's worth of stories. It could be 52 seasons and, you know, it only tells seven years yeah. worth of stuff. And I was going to say, I want it to continue after Pike's destiny at the at, at Menagerie. I want to see what happens next because he didn't right. die. He's still on Talos, you know, right. and I mean, presumably he could still have a life there in some capacity. And I'd love to see what happens to Pike after that. And that would be a great way for them to give a happy ending to Pike's story. And absolutely. And I will piggyback on that, what you said, Charles. I know I'm always complaining about continuity and changing things. But if you go and treat Pike after he ends up on Talos, mm-hmm. we all know that the technology yeah. that they envisioned in the 60s wasn't accurate. So mm-hmm. I would be okay if he were kind of healed. Yeah, that wouldn't be yeah. a canon change. Because honestly, even in that time with those injuries, only being in a wheelchair, literally only able to beep lights, that doesn't make sense. No. And so no, I'm okay with them redoing that. You know, hell, sure. in the synth body. I don't know. Well, here's an idea. What <laughs> yeah. if the Illyrian like, band genetic engineering technology can be used to restore Pike? Absolutely. That's there true. you go. Boom. That's Solved true. it. <laughs> That's true. And then he gets a, another spinoff series called Strange Old Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. Michael Phillips says, Michael Phillips says, I love Michelle Yeoh. It's worth waiting for her. True. I agree. Yep. Um, Dan Leckie yeah. says, I keep hearing that SETI Alpha 5 series is proceeding in development as a dramatized podcast. Yes, I've, yep. I've definitely heard that as well. Yep. And speaking of dramatized podcasts, where's my Captain Proton? Yeah. Right. Right. That's Although I, I would want. much rather see that than only hear it. I'd love to just hear it because um, then you don't have to worry about getting them back in live action. You can imagine, no, them. but you could animate it. I'd yeah, that's what I was that's thinking. True. Is I'd, I'd love like to really stylized animation. Yes, that's very true. stylized, like sixties yeah. looking animation, <laughs> like sixties noir. Oh, okay, God, I would love that so much. Yeah, mm. but then that's that's much longer production time. True, and much bigger budget. True. Uh, Anthony says Star Trek: Strange New Thirsts. <laughs> Yeah, a full moon tonight or something. <laughs> Everybody's in a mood. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> um, Matt Sweatman says, I wonder if next season they'll start saying it six years off. Yeah, maybe sort mm. of a morbid countdown. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about next season. What do we think we want to see from all of these shows? Oof. What do you think that you're looking forward to most other than Cybok? <laughs> That's mine. Yeah, I want to see more of number one in Strange New Worlds because yes. I didn't see as much of her as I expected to. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to see a lot more of her. I think, um, and Ortegas. I like to see more of Ortegas. I like everybody in Strange New Worlds. I just like I like we we discussed this in the last few shows. Some of them didn't get as much to do, and of course that happens in a Star Trek show. So mm-hmm. I would like to see some of them get more stuff to do, but really I want to see much more about number one and uh, Ortegas. I would yep. like to see Captain Pike promoted to fleet captain, but stay in charge of the Enterprise so Ooh. that he can meet Kirk without me having to tell Veronica every 10 minutes of the rest of our lives that in the menagerie, he said he met Captain Pike when he was promoted to fleet captain. <laughs> wow. And he said only one time when he was promoted. You're right. I remember that. That's uh, and, and I had always envisioned that the entire, str- and I, you know, I, you know, this is, this is, this is insane. I had envisioned that Strange New Worlds was not going to introduce James T. Kirk until the last episode with exactly Mm. what you said was going to happen, Charles, was that Pike gets promoted to fleet captain and he goes, well, who's going to take over the Enterprise? This guy. 
Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> well, I can buy it because he said, I, I met him when he was promoted to fleet captain. And then he said, I took over the Enterprise from him. And I can, I, I'm, I can accept that those are two different instances that took place. Six oh, years apart. But okay. um, I would really like for him to be a fleet captain, even if it's for an yeah. episode. If it's a temporary promotion to fleet captain for that episode, I'll take it. Yeah. Mm, of course, okay. there's always a possibility of because we've we've seen the Kirk from season two on location shoots. Right. There are always a possibility that he's in the series and he does not meet Pike. <laughs> they just keep missing each other. Exactly. <laughs> 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 All right. Mike. Let's see. Michael says anyone else find the Pike accident timeline confusing one line in. A quality of mercy implies that he only left the captaincy because of his accident, which contradicts the menagerie. Also, he said nine years in the first Strange New Worlds episode. Yeah, there was a little bit of there's a little bit of that. I, I see what he's yeah. talking about. But they also said, though, in a quality of mercy that th the reactor room on that ship was powered down and there was no cadets there. And that when the accident occurred, there was like no one around. So I. Th yeah. I, I can just buy that he just he he took whatever precautions to keep all the cadets away from that area and he himself stayed on the enterprise um you know a random line notwithstanding yeah right mm -hmm. right and dan says i was waiting to see klingons all throughout the first season of strange new worlds and was disappointed when they didn't show up despite the leak so i'm looking forward to seeing them show up in season two and seeing how they interact with Mabinga. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Um, mm. I, 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 the, the bad thing, the only bad thing that I can think of about disco jumping a thousand years into the future was that there was no platform at that point for the, our current iteration of Klingons and particularly right. mother Laurel. Mm -hmm. And once strange new worlds came around, I thought, well, there you go. That means we're going to get more Laurel. So yeah. I'm I'm excited to see. I'm sure Laurel's going to be on next season, and I'm excited to see it. That should be the show. It should be a Klingon show. There you I go. Have my own ideas yes. about that. Yeah. Um, I also would like the Klingons to show up in Discovery in the 32nd century. Me too, I yes. want to know what's up with the Klingons, Absolutely. and I want Discovery to do what Discovery does best and just make them the wildest, craziest Klingons that send people raging on Twitter. But it's a thousand years in the future, so you can't claim it's wrong, <laughs> and they could just be the, the craziest Klingons you've ever seen. Right. Uh, but you oh remember? Gosh. Well, you might not. I don't know. But in '87, when Next Gen was just starting. And the, like the first episode haven't even gone out yet. And fans were inflamed that there was a Klingon on the bridge of the enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that even possible? We're at war with these people. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh my God. It was <laughs> insane. Yeah. And now it ain't even a thing, man. All right. Um, Matt says, any thoughts on lower deck season posters mimicking the movie posters? Oh, uh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, they've been doing that since the first poster that was like a motion picture poster. And I love it. Every year they do it. You guys, you know, number two, number three. And I can't wait to see what <laughs> next year's looks like. Uh, with the, hopefully there's whales. Or you know what? <laughs> Better than whales. I hope it's those uh, horny whales from Cetacean Ops. Yes. <laughs> yes. I need more Cetacean Ops in, yeah. in season, the next season. Uh, let's see. Dan says, looking forward to finding out what role Bruce Horak will be playing in season two. Agreed. Yeah. Michael Phillips says, does that mean <laughs> two years passed over the course of the first season? No. Mm -mm. I, I don't think it means. No, the first episode, they sort of said, 
less than 10 years until the accident, but I think it was always set in 2259. Um, even yeah. though that comet had the number 2270 in it, which indicates that this comet was discovered in the year 2260. I'm sorry, 2260, which so they're a little bit off, but I think that 2259 is when the first season is, is set. So I think it's always been seven years. I think they're just sort of exaggerating up, rounding up to 10. I am uh, Dan. Like he says, I'm pleased the Klingons were at least referenced in disco season four. Yeah, I'm. Yep, I want to see right. them. I think that's going to be that's going to have to be it for comments. We need okay. to kind of get wrapped up here. Yep. Oh wow, it's um, after nine. It is. Yeah. That's thing like I know. For you. We were, you're looking for. Uh oh. Uh oh. We're losing Keith. No. Well, there you go. Hear me. We we can <laughs> hear you. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I mean, this uh, we we need to do this more often. Mm. I really enjoy doing the live shows, and I'm really looking forward to you know seeing Star Trek again in August. And in the meantime. Uh, we're going to have a yeah. sort of a special episode the next one. Maybe it'll be out. Um, not, you know, as you're listening to this on Monday, if you're listening to this on our podcast feed, then the following Monday, it might be out Monday, it might be out Tuesday, but we're going to do recording a special episode reacting to uh, the Comic-Con news, whatever news comes out during the Comic-Con. Yes. So there might be a little bit of delay because of that, but we'll get that out just as quickly as we can. But also several of us are going to be uh, sort of spotted coming up soon around the ESO network. Starting, I think, with Veronica, you're yep. appearing on an upcoming episode of Earth Station Who? Yep. Flying oh, Solo. Really? Yeah. And want to tell everybody what you're talking about? Yeah. So we, um, I was talking about the Dominators mm -hmm. uh, with Patrick Troughton and the best entirety of Doctor Who gang. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Dominators first... is not one that gets a lot of love. And... It ain't great, but I still enjoy it. So, yep. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to hearing that. One of the few complete Troughton, Jamie, and Zoe episodes. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it was my very first time doing a podcast without Chuck. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> yep. Wow. Turn wow. out she loves it. I'm off the show. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then uh, Alan and Keith, you guys are going to be appearing on the Earth Station One podcast coming up soon, um, giving your thoughts uh, about Strange New Worlds. Yes. Right. One. Yes, we sure are. I'm looking forward to that. I yeah, get to say Monday, all right? the same stuff again that I've said for the past 10 weeks, <laughs> but to, to new ears. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so everybody or check I'll that just out. change every opinion I've had on every single thing. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> do, do the opposite. It'll be a opposite stay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Alan, where can people find more of you? Well, I have another podcast on this very network, and it's called Modern Musicology, and we cover all sorts of music topics. And we have a couple of topics. We have an interview with an author coming up in our next show. And after that, we have two sort of linked episodes. One is it should have been a single. And the one after that is going to be killer B-sides. So mm. I'm excited about that. And you can find my little publishing company, Cosmic Press, at cosmicpress.com and how about you keith you can find me on standard social media instagram mostly nowadays and twitter one day again facebook and you can probably find me on the internet trying to figure out what the hell happened to the queue in uh, picard because <laughs> okay. i still want to know what happened <laughs> <laughs> and how about us veronica feltnerdy.com or monkeying around a podcast about the monkeys that's right and i'm afraid to ask but do you have a closing for us this week <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're live. <laughs> yes. Oh, I just hit the mic. 
Live long and prosper. Hey, I'll take Aww, it. There we go. That's good. That'll work. Bye, everybody. All Thank right. you very much for joining us. Take care, everybody. Have a great <laughs> week. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.